Welcome to the Nuggets of Truth podcast. I'm Ann Farnham, and I'm here with my daughter, Rebecca Bush, each week to talk about the truth in God's Word and how it applies to our lives. In Hebrews 4.12, we read that the Word of God is alive and powerful. Not only is the Bible powerful, but it's full of nuggets of truth. Nuggets that help us have lives characterized by good fruit. As we share stories and end with an encouraging word from Scripture for your week, it's our hope that you will leave feeling full of courage and wisdom as you walk in God's truth. In today's episode, we're chatting about what it looks like to be an all-in Christian. Not one toe in, not half in, but all in. Is this even possible? Paul seemed to think so when he wrote these words. And I am certain that God who began a good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Join us today as we talk about an all-in life. Welcome back, friends, to the Nuggets of Truth podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We are so excited to be here for episode nine. Nine episodes. <laughs> Whoever thought we would make it this far. I know. Did you know that actually 10 episodes is the norm for people to quit podcasting? So you guys get one more. <laughs> At least one more. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Funny? I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, we wanted to encourage you to find us on Facebook and Instagram. If you're there, we're at Nuggets of Truth Podcast. And to um, feel free to share this podcast with others because that's how people find out about podcasts generally. That's right. That's right. We also have been doing some fun videos mm-hmm. on Facebook and Instagram. Yes. And so just a little getting to know us, things we're liking, things we're reading, all kinds of good stuff. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you want to know a little bit more about who we are Mm -hmm. and interact with us we would love to hear your comments yeah for sure Mm -hmm. um so today mom we're gonna chat about being all in Mm -hmm. and when we started first talking about this subject the first thing i thought was clemson university of course you did (laughs) all the orange (laughs) that's right um clemson is my alma mater and they use the phrase all in Mm -hmm. for their football program and there i guess there was a story several years ago where coach sweeney told his players only to come to practice it was going to be really tough Mm -hmm. and to only come if they were all in all in Mm. (laughs) that's right and if you know anything about a clemson fan they are all all, all in. in. Yeah. So there's t-shirts and hats and a hashtag. Um, mm-hmm. And oh, orange. And a lot of orange. A lot That's of orange. right. I used to own everything orange. Yeah. 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 But we're not talking about Clemson University here. No. Believe Unfortunately. it or not. <laughs> this, this kind of all in is a little bit different. That's right. Yeah. You know, uh, Rebecca, a number of years ago, I led a Bible study. Um, this is back. Gosh, it's got to be like in the late 80s, I guess. And it was on the book of Philippians. And um, it was a good study. You know, it wasn't entirely memorable in that I cannot tell you who the study guide was uh, written by. Um, But there were some takeaways to it that left an impression on me. So I'd have to say it changed my life for the better. So it was a good study. Um, But the study was all about joy. And the premise was that God offers us joy, but not necessarily happiness, Hmm. So happiness was seen as dependent on circumstances, whereas joy was resulting in because of our close relationship with God. Yeah, I can I can kind of see that point. Mm-hmm. I feel like a little bit of it is semantics, whether you're 
mm-hmm. joy or happiness or happiness yeah. or joy. <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah, I get the point. Yeah. Well, I, I can see it too. But then since that time, there's been several books that have written been written to kind of negate that whole theory. Oh. And uh, that's like <laughs> Al, Randy Alcorn wrote one and Max Licato wrote one. Um, but I think you're right. It's a little bit of semantics. Um, maybe this would be a good conversation for another podcast, though. Yeah, that's a yeah. good idea. Yeah. You better start writing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless of what we think about it, the book of Philippians is often thought of as a book about joy. In fact, one blogger said that Philippians is the most joyful book in the Bible. Mm -hmm. There's only 104 verses, and Paul uses joy or its synonym 16 times. And he began writing by saying, Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy. Mm -hmm. What made Paul so joyful about the believers he was writing to? Well, the Philippian church was so healthy and so solid which was quite a change from all the other churches he was dealing with. Um, This group of people were all in. They really were. You know, Paul had to admonish New Testament churches over and over. In 1 Corinthians, he says he had to deal with the divisions that were in the church in Corinth. Uh, That church was really in trouble. Remember, some were following Paul and some Apollos and some Peter and so on. And then in Galatians, he had to write to the, um, the church in Galatia, Right up front, verse 6 of the first chapter, I'm shocked that you are turning away so soon from the God who called you to himself. And a different gospel, right? That's right. That's right. And then in 1 Timothy, Paul writes to Timothy and he says, you know, remember, I wanted you to stay in Ephesus so you could deal with these people who are teaching opposing views of the truth. So Paul spent a lot of time fixing things, actually. He does ask two women to settle a disagreement. Wouldn't you not want to be those women? Yes, I would. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? The bottom line is Philippians, the Philippians had a really special place in Paul's heart. And so he wrote a very heartwarming and tender letter to them. You know, when I was, um, spend time with women who I'm mentoring or doing counseling with. Yeah. The thing that gives me the greatest joy is when I see a woman who comes in on session one, maybe struggling. And by session 14, she's going out strong and healthy because of what she has learned during those sessions. Mm -hmm. And that makes my joy just soar. And I'm sure that's the way that that Paul Paul felt. felt. Yeah. 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 In chapter four, he says, I love you and long to see you, dear friends, for you are the joy and the crown I received for my work. His greatest desire for this church was to continue to grow. Mm -hmm. So that Christ was their all. Not just growth physically in number, right. but also growth in their walk with the Lord. We can get caught up in the numbers, can't we? A lot of times. Yeah. 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 But really, it was more about their walk with Jesus mm-hmm. because he knew that the that persecution was becoming more prevalent. Yeah. You know, in Philippians one nineteen, Paul says, For I know that as you pray for me, and the, get this, and the Spirit of Jesus Christ helps me, this will lead to my deliverance. Did you notice the term that he used for the Holy Spirit there? Mm, the he, Spirit of Jesus Christ. That's right. And he uses this term in Romans also. You know, I love this term because it helps us to understand who is at work in us. So who's the Holy Spirit is in us is the Spirit of, of Jesus. Jesus Christ. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus Christ. I love that. And having the Holy Spirit in our life is like having Jesus with us. Only, as Jesus said, it's even better right? It's the advantage is that he's in us rather than just with us. Right. 
And Paul was already in a bunch of persecution at this time. He knew what was coming for these brothers and sisters, and he told them that experiencing suffering was a privilege to mm-hmm. endure. Yeah, sometimes that's hard to even think about. But um, Paul wanted these friends to know that Christ was in them through the spirit of Jesus Christ and that Jesus was going to be their strength and their joy no matter what hardship came their way. And this is what I consider a Christian who is all in. And that's Mm -hmm. the kind of person I want to be. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) This all in kind of mindset from the Philippians meant that they were partners with Paul. Mm -hmm. So they weren't draining him of energy and strength and him having to correct Instead, he acknowledged this when he said, we are in this struggle together. They were truly brothers and sisters with him. Yeah, yeah. And I imagine it felt really, really good for Paul to have these believers to share with. I mean, he needed authentic community just like we all do. And unfortunately, it was hard for him to get as a leader. It's often hard for leaders to get. I think that's definitely true. But this incredible unifying devotion to Christ explains Paul's joy. You know, to have somebody struggling along with him. You know, there was a, uh, someone has quote, said this quote, and I don't know. It's it, You can look and find it. Many different people claim it, but who knows? But it says, there's something interesting about pain and joy. Whenever you share a joy, it gets doubled, but it's the opposite with pain. When you share pain, it's halved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that these Christians' continual growth must have made Paul just smile, right? And he said these words, he said in Philippians 1, 6, And I am certain that God who began a good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Listen um, to the way the message puts it. Oh, I love this. Okay. Philippians 1, 3 through 6. Every time you cross my mind, I break out in exclamations of thanks to God. Each exclamation is a trigger to prayer. I find myself praying for you with a glad heart. I'm so pleased that you have continued on in this with us, believing and proclaiming God's message from the day you heard it right up to the present. There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind. There's never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. I love that. I love that, that flourishing finish. Mm. How great is that? See, Paul had a tangible hope for his friends in Philippi and he wanted nothing more than to see them grow to be more like Jesus. And he wanted them to recognize the work of the Holy Spirit within them. And that was the key to becoming all in. And it's the key in our life as well. So let's chat about how to cooperate with God's growth plan in our life and how do we live all in. You know, all of these things that we're going to mention start Mm -hmm. with the letter C. Oh, how good is that? I know. Amazing. (laughs) Um, So the, and we'll also put them in the show notes. So if you're listening and you're like, oh yeah, I got to remember that. Oh, I got to remember that. Oh, I got to remember that. I can't write it down. It'll be there. It'll be there. Yeah. All right. So the first one, if we want to live a life that's all in is to commit yourself to Christ. I mean, that seems to be so easy, but you know what? There are many, many people who out there who go to church Mm -hmm. and do all the right things, but they don't really know the Lord. And so we want to make sure that Jesus has our heart. Um, No matter where you are reading in the Gospels and Jesus is speaking, he's always going after your heart and he wants your heart as well. That's right. Yeah. 
Um, number two is control. We want to give give God control. We can we must recognize that the Holy Spirit is alive in us if we mm-hmm. know Jesus and active in our lives. Yeah. He wants to guide and comfort and grow us, but we have to submit to that leading and control. Mm-hmm. And we have to pay attention, too. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think that can be one of the hardest things because we get so distracted. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. yeah. And we can, you know, we can also, with the Holy Spirit, we can so easily quench him. Yes. We really can. Like, oh, I don't think that's from God. Yeah. <laughs> or I haven't got time right now. Yeah. Next time. Yeah. You know. And Jesus knows we cannot follow him without a power beyond ourselves. And that's why he gave us the Holy Spirit, to empower mm-hmm. us to be able to do that. That's right. Well, the next one is a C word that's consistently, consistently get into God's word. You know, it says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Right. So we have to get into his word. And that means that if you're a newer believer, you're going to be drinking some milk. You're going to just learn the stories. You know, read the stories and find out a little bit about it. But if you've been a believer for a long time, start developing those spiritual teeth, you know, and start eating meat, you know, look a little bit harder. You know, God's word is our nourishment and we are never too old or too full to need a daily spiritual meal. That's right. You know, Charles Spurgeon said this, nobody outgrows scripture. The book widens and deepens with our years. I love that one. Yep. And the last, no, not the last one. (laughs) The next one, sorry, is communicate. Communicate with the Lord through prayer. Pray and then listen. Yeah, that's a hard one for so many. In fact, I was out with a group of women um, earlier today, and we were talking about the weakness that prayer is in our in our spiritual lives. It's hard. Yeah. It's a hard one. We often go to people first Mm -hmm. and so much more quickly than the Lord. Yeah, and we lose track of our... Thoughts. We think we're, we we want to we we think I'm going to sit down and pray or or get on my knees and pray, but then we wander through right. other things. Yeah. All right. The next one is to connect to a church or join a small group, invest in other believers, um, and let them invest in you. You know, so many times I hear people say, "I want to be all in," but you know, I can't find a good church. You know, and the truth of the matter is, even if you find an absolutely perfect church, you go there, you're going to ruin it. That's right. You know? (laughs) It's full of people. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) The next one is continually center yourself on Jesus. And that means to constantly be asking yourself, what's on the throne of my life? What idol is on there? Is it an idol or is it Jesus himself on the Mm. throne? And that may mean that you do some real repenting. And repentance, you know, remember, is turning... Uh, the 180 degrees go in the other direction. Yeah, changing yeah. your mind. Changing changing your direction. Changing yeah. Direction. Mm-hmm. And then carve out time to disciple or mentor someone else. You know, this has been so much on my heart because I wish that I had had somebody, and I had several women who sort of tried to do this for me, but um, it wasn't until I actually started mentoring that I realized how important it was. Mm-hmm. And um, if you can just take time with somebody else to disciple them, uh, it it makes them begin to grow. It's like miracle grow on their walk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The next one is to clear out the minutia in your life by keeping what's essential and throwing out what's unnecessary. And so one way to do this is just to ask the question: Is whatever the thing is drawing me towards or away from Jesus? Mm. That's a hard question to ask. Yeah. Yeah. And oftentimes, I think we think things are neutral. Mm. But, but there's probably no really neutral. Really, is not neutral no, <laughs> usually. No. no. And then um, the next one says, concentrate on using your spiritual gifts. Mm. They will allow you and your fellow believers to see the Holy Spirit at work. 
You know, Rebecca, this one is always so shocking to me how many people have been believers for a really long time and don't know what their spiritual gifts are. And the sad thing to me about that is they're missing out, but the whole church is missing out because they don't, they're not exercising them. And the thing I have found is when I have, when I finally figured out what I believe God has given me as spiritual gifts and I started to employ them, that is when I really felt like I saw the Holy Spirit put uh, wind under my wings, yeah. you know, and I began to go, oh, this is what I was made for, yeah. you know? The, it gives you a, just like a clear, I don't know, I was going to say aliveness, but mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. it a sort push. of revitalizes mm-hmm. you um, to keep going when yeah. you're using them. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, the other thing too is with it is it also helps you to just to get rid of that minutia we're talking about, to yeah. clear it out. Because when you start to say, when someone says, you know, would you like to say, you know, take care of the nursery and you know that your spiritual gift (laughs) is, you know, administration and teaching, Yeah. you know, you know that if you take too much time in the nursery, not that you should never do it, but if you do it all the time, you may not be able to fulfill the role of what God has told you to do. Right. Totally. Yeah. 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 I agree. So the other thing is, you know, just continue in the faith when the tough times come. And that's where endurance is built. You know, Paul, when he wrote the Philippians, was in the thick of persecution. And the truth of the matter is many Christians all over the world are in the thick of it as well. And our time may very well be coming. Oswald Chambers says, Spiritual maturity is not reached by the passing of years, but by obedience to the will of God. Today, as you go about your day, remember what Paul said to the believers in Philippi. There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. Thanks for joining us on the Nuggets of Truth podcast. And we hope you feel encouraged this week to look into God's word for your own nuggets of truth.